Welcome to the Journal.ie's The Explainer. This episode is brought to you by our investigative platform Noteworthy, where we carry out journalistic projects based on ideas sent to us by the public. I'm Susan Daly, and over the past few months at Noteworthy, we investigated the impacts of barriers such as hydroelectric dams on rivers and the fish living in them. Reporter Anthea Lakia has been talking to experts who are concerned about declining fish numbers and environmental issues on our waterways. Anthea, thank you for joining me today. Can you start by explaining what hydropower is and ultimately what it is about that system that is interfering with fish stocks? Yes, so hydropower is really a way of generating electricity by using the power of moving water. So the basic concept is that water is held in a lake or reservoir and then it moves through a dam or down a hill. And this turns blades of a turbine, which then generates electricity that can be distributed. So while this is a form of renewable energy, it does have impacts on the environment. So one of these impacts is that dams at hydroelectric stations are barriers. They're barriers for fish and for many other organisms. And weirs were another example of barriers that you looked at, Anthea. Can you tell us the difference between those and the other dams you've been talking about there? Weirs are small dams built across rivers and they're meant to increase water levels on one side. So this is, again, a barrier that can affect fish movements and it can block the migration of fish past these weirs. You mentioned migration, Anthea, and I feel like I should know this from junior cert, you know, geography. But why do certain fish need to move up and down a river and past a barrier rather than staying in the same area? Yes. Yeah, so as part of their life cycle, some fish do need to move up and downstream rivers. And really, they do this for different reasons to spawn and um, to grow older. And some fish make really epic journeys. So they migrate thousands of kilometers from freshwater all the way to the sea and then back over their lifetime. Or they can do this the other way around as well. So salmon, for example, start their life in freshwater. Then they go to the sea and they spend most of their lives there. And then they return usually to the exact same place where they were born in freshwater to lay their eggs. And European eels, and these are critically endangered, they do the opposite. And eels have a fascinating life cycle, don't they? Can you tell me more about that? So eels are truly fascinating. Yes, they're born 6,500 kilometres away from Ireland in the Sargasso Sea which is near the Bermuda Triangle. And then baby eels float like leaves in the ocean currents. They take about two years and then they enter European rivers. So they spend about 20 years upstream in these rivers. Then they're ready to spawn and return to the Sargasso Sea, so they have to migrate downstream. So they wait for a dark night with a new moon usually when the river is in flood and they start their migration downstream. However, barriers do hinder these movements making this journey difficult and often impossible in many of our rivers. Anthea, you've just painted such a gorgeous photograph. I'm nearly afraid to ask you the next question about the barriers that you focused on in the River Shannon and what is going on there and, and what's happening to the fish who are getting, I suppose, caught up in them. The Shannon is home to a major hydroelectric scheme and this is operated by ESB. So there is a main station at Ardna Crusha in County Clare. And then the scheme also has a weir upstream at Parteen. So this is uh, north of Limerick City. And water at Parteen Weir would be diverted away from the original river Shannon towards the station at Ardna Crusha. So when the scheme was built in the 1920s, it supplied electricity to the whole of Ireland. But it also had an immediate impact on the fish and other organisms that lived in the Shannon. 
salmon numbers, for example, swimming up the scheme have declined from about 9,000 in the 70s to about 1,000 in the last decade. But it's not just salmon that are affected. Eels, trout, lamprey and other organisms are impacted as well. Fish are becoming trapped and blocked, essentially. And many are also injured and killed as they move through the turbines. Anthea, to get a feel for the scale of this, you made a field trip and you visited several locations on the Shannon. Um, Can you tell me where you went to and uh, what you found there? Sure. So as part of the investigation, we went on a boat trip close to Ardnacrusha station in the Shannon. And we were accompanied by Dr. Will O'Connor of Ecofact Environmental Consultants. Will is an ecologist. He's also a former employee of the ESB and his PhD was about eels. So he's been campaigning to highlight the impacts of the Shannon Hydroelectric Scheme on fish, on water and on the environment for more than 10 years. And when we were there, we spoke to him about this. I suppose I'm interested in rivers. I'm interested in biodiversity. You know, we're in the middle of a biodiversity crisis that's affecting like terrestrial habitats, aquatic habitats. My main interest is, you know, rivers and and freshwater habitats. And that whole area has its own biodiversity crisis. You know, I'm obviously not alone. There's conservation groups all over Europe. There's thousands of people are campaigning. And so it's it's look, I live locally here. This is this is a, a river that I researched during my PhD studies and you know, it's an area I'm very interested in. So as we hear Dr. O'Connor mentioned there, the biodiversity crisis is impacting the rivers themselves. What happens to the fish at Ordnacrusha, Anthea? So at least one in five eels are known to die as they go through the turbines at the station. And this was equivalent to one tonne of eels in 2021, according to the ESB's annual report that year. This is part of downstream migration. But this is not counting those who become injured, with many suffering internal injuries, leading them to being eaten by predators afterwards. So these injuries are really horrific. Some eels are becoming severed. Others have their eyes bulging out. And also the water is very turbulent because of the flow from the station. And there are bubbles, which we saw during our visit. And these can cause fish to get the bends in a similar way to divers. Now, here we have Dr. O'Connor again on the very visceral impact of the scheme. The Shannon Hydroelectric Scheme has very significant impacts on, on the lower river Shannon. There's the physical impact of the dams on the river and how they can act as fish migration barriers and also the way the water is managed at both of the dams. In this situation, the, the water is diverted at the upstream party in regulating we're down a head race to our Nukosha Hydroelectric Scheme. And, you know, there's there's an old river channel, the, the former main river Shannon, and there's about 15 kilometres of the river affected by the diverted water, you know. I, w- I would say the biggest impact to the scheme is the impact that's on the 15 kilometres of river that's affected. And this is like a beautiful SSE river. It's one of the most beautiful rivers in the country, even, even still, even despite all the abstraction. And... I suppose the problem with the dams and abstracting that amount of water and diverting it over that distance is you get a whole load of fish migration problems in the river as well. So it's really clear there that fish are having huge problems with migrating. But Anthea, I'm assuming that something has been done then to reduce the impact of barriers, knowing what happens to the fish stocks. So there are a few ways of mitigating against these impacts. And during our visit, ESB fishery staff told us about them. So they have salmon and eel conservation measures. And these would include salmon hatcheries, where salmon are bred, uh, trapping and transport of eels, where eels are essentially trapped and moved beyond the turbines 
or moved upstream past the dam, and then also habitat enhancement works. And fish passes are another way to help fish really get past a barrier. So these are structures um, in a barrier, close to a barrier. They can be a series of steps like a ladder, they could be a ramp with rocks or bristles. However, many experts we spoke to were critical of these measures. So for example, a recent report that was commissioned by the government, which we obtained through an access to information on the environment request, found that there are no protection facilities or fish passes for downstream movement of fish in place at Arnacrosha or Partin. And it also stated that neither fishway meets modern best practice as per the EU Water Framework Directive. So experts are very concerned about this, as well as the handling of eels, the negative effects of hatcheries on wild salmon, particularly when hatchery reared salmon are released into the wild. And there has been a fish kill at Partine Hatchery last year, which resulted in the death of 100,000 salmon. An investigation later found that the most likely reason for this was that the fish at the hatchery had been exposed to an algal bloom while inside the tanks. There's so many factors coming into play there. So we have Dr. Will O'Connor again outlining what the issues are with fish passes and why they're not working. The fish passes at both dams, there's problems with them. They don't, they don't work, particularly the one at Arden and Crusher. And the majority of the fish migrating upstream are going to end up at Ardna Crusher and they're going to get trapped there. It's very hard for them to find the entrance to the fish pass there. You could have, you know, 400 tonnes of water per second coming through the turbines and you've only half a tonne of water per second coming through the fish pass. And there's lots of turbulence and other issues and it makes it almost impossible for fish to find this fish pass, you know. Dr O'Connor there speaking about Ardna Crusher. And Thea, but these barriers are not just in the shape of big hydroelectric dams. Can you tell us about the other barriers a fish might face? So small barriers can have a big impact, especially when they're numerous, because they have a cumulative impact. And experts told us that it's a bit like death from a thousand cuts. In European rivers, there are over 1.2 million barriers. And many of the fish passes in our rivers, including those we looked at on the Shannon, were built decades ago, mainly with adult salmon in mind. So they're not functional, they're not working, or they don't work for other species. Many of them are as well obsolete, so they serve no purpose. So several sources are calling on them to be removed. What are the other major barriers then, Anthea, that salmon and eels encounter on the Shannon? So there are a number of large weirs with fish passes that are not working as you go upstream along the Shannon. And one that we focused on in the investigation was Melik Weir, near Shannon Bridge. So this had a 3.2 million euro project spent on it recently, but it still has issues in terms of fish passage. Another, Anakati Weir, on a tributary of the Shannon, is classified as a significant barrier by Inland Fisheries Ireland. Now this is purely ornamental, so it serves no purpose, but it blocks adult lamprey and young salmon from migrating past it. Minister of State Malcolm Noonan told me that feasibility studies are underway with mitigation works expected to be complete in 2025. That's fascinating stuff. I'm familiar with some of these places being from roughly that area and it's hard to believe what's going on underneath the surface of the water uh, when you're walking along these these riverways, Anthea. So really appreciate your site visits on this. You also found a number of other issues, including a number of years where no fish were counted at all. Yes, so the ESB normally records fish migrating through their fish passes, and they do this by using fish counters. However, all fish counters in all ESB hydro schemes in Ireland 
malfunctioned in 2020, 2021, and half of 2022, with no fish being counted at all. Now, they're back up and running, but we asked TSB why this happened. We were told that it was due to staffing issues during COVID. In addition, Will told us that he found hundreds of adult dead eels and dying eels downstream of Ardnacrusha after Storm Barra in late 2021. This indicated that it is likely that thousands died. But an investigation by Inland Fisheries Ireland later recovered just one dead eel. Another major issue was that locals I spoke to feel left out of public consultation processes in relation to new plans and development when it comes to fish passage in the Shannon. So there are clearly many ongoing problems as they try to grapple with this, but there is some work being done to tackle those problems along the Shannon and Thea. Yes, and the report we obtained via Access to Information on the Environment requests was commissioned by the Shannon Connectivity Project, a government initiative aimed at significantly improving free passage for fish at Ardnacrusha and Partin Weir. So this is meant to enhance the ecology and environment of the Lower Shannon and also the environmental sustainability of the hydroelectric scheme there. The report made a series of recommendations, including replacing the existing fish passes at Ardnacrusha and Partin, and also mechanisms that would protect fish that are migrating downstream by diverting them away from the turbines, and also creating a barrier below the dam. This would protect fish that are migrating upstream. Before we look at the other solutions, Anthea, it strikes me that you've done a good job of explaining the various impacts. And one would expect that there is an overall picture fully on record, but you found that that's not the case. No. So when it comes to projects um, in Natura 2000 sites, such as the Lower River Shannon SAC, well, they need to comply with European regulations, and this includes doing environmental impact assessments. We asked ESB for all copies of environmental impact assessments for its Shannon and Earn schemes in 2021 and 2022. However, only two screening reports were returned. So these are reports that ruled out any adverse impacts. But this also means that there are no Natura impact statements or environmental impact assessments that were returned to us. So we have to just look at what solutions we have there and what could be explored. There are some solutions that could be tried, Anthea. Yes, and there are many solutions, some of which are relatively simple, such as turning the turbines off at night during periods of peak migration. We asked ESB if they're considering this and they said they're considering all options. Local community groups along the Shannon, such as the Castle Connell River Association, have been tackling these issues themselves by restoring habitats to help salmon to spawn and return, and also by removing invasive species. For example, they've been raking gravels to introduce oxygen in between the gravel. These volunteers and campaigners we spoke to remain frustrated with the lack of action to date, and they really hope that change will come. Thanks, Anthea. An excellent investigation. And the images and data from Anthea's work and field trips have to be seen for the full impact. You can check it out on Noteworthy and the journal, as well as more on those solutions, many of them simple but effective, that could better protect eels, salmon and other fish from these terrible injuries and deaths. You have been listening to The Explainer, brought to you today by Noteworthy.ie. It was produced by Laura Byrne and Nikki Ryan. If you want to learn more about our work at Noteworthy and how we source our stories from you, our readers and listeners, head to our site at noteworthy.ie. 
and sign up to our newsletter, which gives you an insider look at our latest investigations by visiting noteworthy.ie forward slash newsletter. Thanks for having us and see you next time.